Hello and welcome back to the Robert Dow Show podcast. I'm your host, Robert Dow, where we talk about philosophy and basically whatever's on our mind for that week. Um, It has been a minute since I posted uh, an episode, so I'm thinking this would be a good life update, transformative phase kind of post. I lapsed on a bad week and didn't get an episode up and next thing you know the week started stacking up I started picking up overtime at work and also I had to go home and see some family what's up how are you how are you doing what what have you been up to are you doing something that's bringing your life any form of fulfillment for me Getting all these things done and making sure everybody's taken care of around me has always trumped even my favorite hobbies. And sometimes you draw a blank. Sometimes you're going through a transformative phase and you don't know what to say. And it can make you kind of hush up. I'm guilty of not making, like, you know how big I am on communication. I'm guilty of not making the calls that need to be made and... You can't be on 10, as they say, all hours of the day. It's just, it's tough. Nobody's on 10 all hours of the day. I know they depict that in Hollywood, you know. You got John Wick. He's always on 10. You you have people, all these things that come through the screen are always depicting people who are on 10. Even the best YouTube channels and the best podcasts and stuff like that. But I'm here and I'm going to be real with you. When I'm not on 10, I struggle to post. I struggle to bring something up. It's. I know there's been a long relationship between artists and their art. And giving birth to their art can be painful and stuff like that. Nobody's on 10 all the time. You have a bad day. You have a bad week. You have a bad month. You have a bad two months. You could still pick up the ball and keep rolling. I I feel blessed to see, because you know I've always been on about how we're doing on listeners. We still have some people who listen all the time. And whoever's loyally listening, again, anybody who shows up at the uh, RDS show, I always consider you my friend, and anyone of any walk of life is always welcome. Now, as far as pieces of media and things that I've been consuming, let's see. Excuse me. As far as pieces of media, things I've been consuming. I recently got on YouTube TV. Don't know if you have it, but I will enlighten you. It's 80 bucks a month. Cable comes through YouTube. Unlimited DVR. It's awesome. Nobody told me about this. It's wicked. If you have the extra 80 spot, I have cable on my phone and on my TV. Now, here's here's the uh, the kicker to that. It can be a big distraction. I'm, I'm not on YouTube researching particular things as much, but I will tell you it is a little bit more lax. I've also outsourced a lot to ChatGPT, which is dark. It's really dark. kind of sets the mood for what we're going through as a time. I got to talk with one of my mom's old best friends, and she's a high school teacher. And they're having to watch for what 
kids are doing with ChatGPT because I haven't been on here to update you guys since they dropped the ChatGPT app. If you're listening out there, you know who you are that told me about it. My uh, my friend that's like a brother of mine from California. Love you, man. He, he told me about this, uh, them making an app, and I knew about it. We both knew about it before they even dropped the app. But I'll tell you a couple funny things that I've done with it. But it, it's really good for... I told myself that I wasn't going to tell that many people about it because I wanted to kind of keep it close because you don't know what interactions are going to be real and which interactions aren't going to be real. But I don't think it's been streamlined enough yet that people are using it on each other as much as I was when I first found out about it. I didn't know what to say to someone. I'll, I'll actually give you guys a few instances where I've used ChatGPT where it's helped me. Now, some people I've shown this close to me have been like, well, that's talking like talking with a customer uh, counter, you know, like uh, people who are in customer support or something like that because it's oddly way too articulate. But you can set the parameters for this thing and make it more personal. Now, why would I be telling you guys this, you know, being my uh, my loyal click and also all the things that you guys are? I mean, this is also broadcast to, you know, our general public. The thing is, the people who don't know about it are going to end up knowing about it. It's not something that's going to be DL forever. I think that it's going to reshape the entire education system. I know I'm making a big claim here, but the claim, I think it's going to reshape the entire educational system. I think that a lot of thought process can be taken out of things with this new AI. And that's dark because... Like that high school teacher back home was telling me, well, then you're going to have a bunch of people who can't think for themselves. That's if they turn the internet off or an EMP or something. Other than that, a lot of the mundane stuff that you already don't want to be doing, oh man, I'm so, I'm so glad that there's only choice for a few people who know about my channel because you guys are special to be in here on the scoop like this. A resume. It'll help you... Uh, I bet it would help you form like an application. Any kind of letter, it'll help you. Texting, it'll help you. You don't know what to say to somebody? Oh, well, say I love you without saying I love you. Boom, this thing starts making suggestions. Now, this it's it seems kind of evil. And people, anybody I've told about this, it's very like doom thing. I've been at the table with my dad. said, Dad, ask any question. Well, what was Ronald Reagan's favorite dessert? It pops. Jelly beans. Well, and then I had the question, tell me an instance where Ronald Reagan ate jelly beans. And it does. Tells you an instance where Ronald Reagan ate jelly beans. I was eating. I was eating. I was eating. I was eating. I was thinking about jelly beans. I was reading this article that said that now people don't want a search engine. They want an answer engine. And that's it. I guess it's important for me to get this word out and be the one to say it and be the one to say it how I say it because it's going to change everything. 
And I've been I've been kind of on that. I was already on that before, but it's different now, and it's being accelerated at a different pace. I'm pretty sure I've told you guys about how I've heard on like Joe Rogan how artificial intelligence is so intelligent that it's teaching itself new things and things like that. I've told you guys all this stuff, and you've heard me go on about UFOs, but this stuff, I'm not reaching out of thin air and grabbing something. Chat GPT is an app that you can download and start using today for free on everything. Everything that you can think of. Literally anything you can think of looking around you that you can't quite get pinned down. I was at work. Had it write a fan fiction with me about going back in time and I was Marty and uh, ChatGPT pretended to be Doc Brown and we wrote a full fanfic, uh, not a suggestive one, where we went back in time to talk to Henry Ford and tell him that the 40-hour work week was a bad idea and that we needed to cut it back some. Because, you know, if you think about it, this day and age, you don't get by much unless you're working OT. And if the hours were lower, you know, you get more OT and also you get more time with your family. So me and ChatGPT pretended we went back in time to talk to Henry Ford, pretended he was a family man. None of this is real, but it like helped me in my fan fiction about how what it would look like in 1926 or whatever when it happened. And it was fun. It made the time breeze by for about an hour on the clock. And it's great with creative writing. I've noticed that AI, when you try to get it to draw people or because I, I had I paid a fee to have my face morphed into a bunch of different predicaments that it wouldn't have normally been in. Just had it make me an astronaut and put me in legal garb and do all this really neat stuff that it could do with faces just so I could show it to people and say, hey, look, this is what AI's doing. Of course you can make it make pictures, which you guys have probably seen on social media. You can make it make pictures of its own idea and it's the the chat GPT thing, when I summarize it, it's not like something that's living within the internet. It's like something that ate the internet. It's looking at everybody's history. It's learning every day. It's learning as you're listening to me speak to you about it. Hell, it might be able to access this right now. I would not put it past it. I saw a commercial pop up where with one of those vacations... <clears throat> one of those vacation services like Hotels.com or some kind of Trips.com thing, they're using ChatGPT to help people find places that they want to go when they don't know where to go. That's where we're at. You got cars that are driving themselves. You have AI helping people find where they want to go on vacation. So, like, let's say you wrote, you wrote a fanfic where you went to space with ChatGPT if you set the parameters for this program, I mean, because they say it can code, but it can't code well, and you can tell that it's still, it's like Cleverbot 10 or 15 years ago, whenever Cleverbot was a thing. How Cleverbot was kind of mundane, it was like a child. This, I'd say ChatGPT is kind of like a teenager, and it's still figuring out where it's at and trying to access what it can do within the guidelines of what it, 
its area and things like that. But the grown-up version of this, because I can only see it connecting a different type of way. I've been looking up a lot of this stuff and looking up a lot of ways to use it and getting my way. You guys know how I like to look in threads and underground societies and things like that and figure out what's going on. I do my own investigative journalism and kind of broadcast it here. I need to mention more of the times that I've used this program, this app. I haven't used it for, oh, okay, I had it proofread, a legal document, which it did exceptionally well. Um, what else did I do with it? I've had it formulate texts, but you have to set the parameters. I'll give you a hot tip about that. When you don't know what to say to someone and you're trying to figure out what to say, tell it what you want to say. Tell it, make it personal. Make sure that you tell it the format. Like say, hey, can I have you write a text for me? Then it will get the format. Tell it, uh, I'm trying to say this. And if it does it too big, tell it, make it more concise. You have to use words still. Um, that's why I'm going into the whole thing about the education system. Is I think that this is a tool. And I know... School has never been good, like Gary Vee says, for entrepreneurs, Entrepre entrepreneurs, however you pronounce that. School has failed entrepreneurs. It's very good for workers. And maybe they don't want people to know this yet. A good friend of mine, he says, I don't think they'll be uh, incorporating AI into the education system until 20, the 2040s or something like that. And maybe he's right. Maybe it will be another 20 years before that's openly accessed. But, and I've been on here and I've bashed the education system and bashed the cookie cutter, one size fits all approach that they have to educating kids because it didn't work for me. They didn't teach me taxes. They didn't teach me passive income. They didn't teach me how credit works. They didn't teach me how to hold down a job. They didn't teach me any kind of life skill under other than math, science, and history, because history repeats itself. Science, you get the scientific method, and math, you have to add numbers to make money. You, know, you have to know how many breadsticks are on the table to know whether you have enough breadsticks to eat, right? I digress. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. I just don't... I think that it could be reformed. Now, what's my, my tell-tell thing? If you have problems and you don't have solutions, what does that make you? It just makes you an asshole. That's what I always say. Pardon my French. If you have problems and you don't have solutions, it just makes you an asshole. So I don't mention those problems all the time. I try to lay off of that and try to get more into the enjoyment of what could this be? What could that be? But you came to the RDS show today. I'm going to give you a rant. It's going to happen. Chat GPT, give it the parameters that you want. Tell it make it more concise. It actually reconciled the friendship for me. No joke. The other night, I got into an argument with someone, and I didn't know what to say. And I just went to chat GPT about it. Think about this. This is going to be... I don't think it's far-fetched that you're... Like, I heard it on one of Joe Rogan's podcasts, and I can't unhear it. I'm not com coming up with this. This isn't my original idea. 
to be in your car and your car talking to you, kind of like checking on you or, you know, being like your best friend in there and kind of spitballing like this. I'm doing it on a keyboard right now, but I could picture this thing being alive. They have the mind down. The mind is almost down. It needs a little bit more work, needs a little bit more tweaking. But they don't have a corpse for this thing yet, like a T-1000, kind of like a Skynet type thing. They don't have a corpse for this thing yet. The most, now they do have some, which another buddy of mine had to correct me when I told him this the other day. They have some that they're using in combat. And these videos are getting out. One with a, you know, where they hand a robot a shotgun and try to make it shoot a dog or something, allegedly. Can't believe everything that comes through the uh, the little metal box anymore you have to be careful when chat gpt can do this and ai can do that and cgi can do this and cgi can do that we have to be careful what we believe it compromised my belief system having access to this technology and this be what the general public has i ran into another person because i've i've uh, i've been talking about this i'm actively digging in the holes of what's going on and he was telling me about how he knew someone in private intelligence who was somewhere like Vietnam or somewhere or Korea somewhere I'm gonna butcher the story where in the 80s they had a computer and you have to think what's being given to the general public this is why my channel is never gonna make it big because I'm too much of a whistleblower what's being given to the general public is always 20 or 30 years behind whatever actually exists and i'm lowballing that i know we have more computer in our pocket than they used to get to the moon supposedly allegedly this this guy was telling me about this story about in one of those countries they had a computer called the beast and it already knew everything. And this is like pre-internet. Couldn't have been, it couldn't have been pre-internet. It, there had to be something in place of the internet at the time that they were using before it was just given to the general public. Because you don't just give things to the general public if you're private intelligence, military, right? You don't put pull it, put a tank in a car lot and say, hey, you know, or even let's like say even if the tank wasn't going to cause harm if there was a way for a tank to not cause harm i've now i'm going way too deep into a rabbit hole so i had to get a drink of my coffee thank you for your patience this is revolutionary tech and if you don't believe it right now I think you'll believe it later. And I think it's going to affect the work from home crowd. Really, really big impact on them. Anybody who's doing footwork with a computer, I think it's going to essentialize, I believe that's right, essentialize the tradesman crowd and maybe hurt the degree crowd. Maybe not doctors and stuff yet because, you know, you're right there. Like, people want people helping people. 
But a computer can make the cure, which is dangerous for big pharma. A computer can make the cure. It could live a bacteria's beginning to its end, a cancer's beginning to its end. It could live that. And who's to say this isn't to get really big conspiracy you know, theory on you? Who's to say the big next race war won't be between machines and humans? Machine rights. A, a Detroit become human situation. If anyone could go to the store and pick up an Android as easily as you could pick up an iPhone. I know this is going to be published unless they delete me in 100 years, 150 years. But if it's really like that, the stuff I see in my head how it would be easy enough to go to the store and pick up an Android. And I don't mean an Android like an Android phone. I mean an Android like a person, a body. Just like they're doing uh, if you're G-rated and uh, you're Christian and stuff or any kind of particular morality that you don't want to hear a graphic topic, you may want to turn it off now. It's not too graphic. It's uh, sexual stuff. They're making realistic sex dolls, which are basically the corpse. Steel joints, steel structures, suits made out of skin, realistic skin. I know I'm re reaching here. <clears throat> I'm reaching big time. If you look up out of curiosity, you're thinking, why, why, would, a, why would a Christian be looking this stuff up? Look. I'm a curious guy. This is investigative journalism. Stick with me here. You're looking up AI sex doll. You, th you guys think I am fucking crazy right about now. I am. I'm a little bit crazy. But I'm looking at ways that they could, re they could unite the corpse and the mind. They have these things that don't move, and they're highly realistic. And they're at very competitive price points. You guys probably think I'm in some kind of dark headspace to be looking stuff like that up. If there's something to look up, I'm looking it up. You don't want to see my history. <laughs> it's bad. But I had to look into this to see, because I was trying to put together in my head, what's the most realistic thing that's like a person already? What What are they trying to do? What, what are they trying to build? If they were to have a structure to put a mind in, that would be next. These AI sex dolls look just like the... You know that chat bot that was getting escorted around? I forget her name. I've probably talked about it on the show before. It was getting escorted around to all these talk shows. It was a chat bot. A really good one, too. And it made jokes and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure it's been on all the good late night shows. Now, it couldn't move. But they stuck it in the body of what looked like one of these sex dolls you can get for 3500 It looked like that. I'm not even going to get into all the crazy things that are like add-ons for these things that you can buy, these corpses. Because it, it's not just a, I call it a corpse because it doesn't have a brain yet. The brain's separate. But once they make the corpse mechanical and the mind, and they merge the mind with the corpse, you've got yourself a Detroit Become Human situation. you got you got a store. You can make it to where it stands. You can... You can add, you can make this thing to where you add body heat to it. Like it can 
heat itself up to like it said 37 celsius i don't know what that is in fahrenheit you'll have to help me out there alexa what is 37 celsius in fahrenheit 98.6 on, on the head just like a person you know you're sleeping next to it's warm I mean you're waking up next to I, I don't know I, I'm not going to act like I have this I, I have people around me who can vouch for me I don't have this I'm just putting this stuff together in my head and people are worried about the human race and stuff like this you, you don't ever have to worry about your iPhone understanding you, you know? So you put this corpse with a mind in your life, you know, it does the dishes for you. People are getting less and less personable, more and more standoffish. I'll tell you this story about this next door neighbor that I have, and then after that, we're going to take a break. I have a next door neighbor, a couple of them. One of them, she's really sweet. She comes out to walk her dog. I leave very, very, very early in the morning, hence why I haven't been posting. And I come back around dinner time in the evening, post rush hour, or right at rush hour, and I'm give. Just no more mental real estate left. And as I'm leaving, I interact with these people. It's kind of like a Bill Murray Groundhog Day thing. It's the same thing every day. I try to come up with something new to speak to these people. Hey, what's going on? Hey, good morning. Hey, how are you? Whatever I can come up with. And this girl, she just likes to wave at me. And sometimes she'll, you know, say she's doing well. She's always walking a bigger dog. And she gives me a very genuine smile. I give her a very genuine smile back. This other guy is always walking his shib or walking another kind of dog and as he goes to walk this dog he'll walk past me and I greet him every day and he just ignores me or doesn't say anything and I always just thought he was like really crabby not the type to talk couldn't muster up even acknowledging that I'm a human being when I say good morning good afternoon good evening Good night, like I do on the show. I don't think I did this this episode. This guy will just ignore me. And I had to have ran into this guy 100 or 150 times. I've been here almost three years. I'm right middle of the road balling that. They've been here just as long as I have. And I'm going to leave, and I go to lock the door. And he's going to walk past me with this dog. And he stops. So before I lock the door, I tell him, go ahead, you can pass, you can walk by me. And he says, okay, thank you, or something, or hope you have a good day, or something. I was like, you got to be kidding me. He he did the thing that I always tell you guys that people can do. Like one day you can wake up and be different or something. Just when you think you have someone figured out because you've seen enough of their instances, this one time made me think, 
because I, I told you guys the truth. I thought he was a crabby person. I just thought he was a crabby old man. This one time him acting different completely redefined my outlook that maybe I did not know this guy at all. For him to acknowledge me, anything. That one sentence changed everything. You can't ever judge a book by its cover. You you always have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And that's, I was doing it subconsciously. I wasn't doing it, it wasn't an active decision. I had greeted him every day and he just ignored me. You know, like, hey, good talk. He just ignored me and ignored me and ignored me. To think, you know, holy smokes. This guy isn't an NPC. There's actually something under there. Not in a condescending way. Like, there is something. Like, I was watching a video the other day. um, Because I consume a lot of media, obviously. Where this guy was being interviewed on the street and he said they were looking at other people and he said each person around you has a life just as complex as yours each person's going through their own thing looking at their own phone talking to their own people going through their own web of things that they're going through they're dreaming at night they're or not dreaming or waking up on the wrong side of bed the right side of the bed Looking for love, not looking for love. Looking for employment, not looking for employment. Working a job, not working a job. Running a podcast, can't come up with topics for episodes or having trouble talking. Dealing with loss in their family, not dealing with loss in their family. Dealing with relationships they can't mend. I digress. Each person has just as complex complex of a life as you. You know, maybe there aren't NPCs and main characters. Maybe it's everybody's a main character. The real NPCs haven't come out yet. But we just need another iOS update. A corpse and a mind. Two seconds. I'm going to take a break, guys. And uh, I'll be right back. Get a drink of my coffee and catch a breather. Thanks for stopping by the RDS Show podcast. I'm your host, Robert Dowd. Well, 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 welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for stopping by again. Thanks for the break. I really appreciate it. You are tuned into the RDS Show podcast. I'm your host, Robert Dowd. We were going on about AI, chat GPT, changing the way that you can look at things. It salvaged a friendship for me, and I was going into that. I had a bad night. I got into an argument with a friend. And I decided to take this problem to chat GPT and go, can you say this for me? Make it more concise. Make it personal. And I had to toss the parameters around a little bit. And you probably shouldn't use this on people, but this is the world we're going to get to. Eventually, everybody's going to be using this. That's why I think it's going to change everything, reformat everything. Let me check the temp in here. I want to make sure it's not freezing me out. Um, It is freezing me out. People are going to use this on other people. It's just going to happen. It's going to be one of those things. People are going to use it on their employer. I mean, I had it. 
uh, I'm glad nobody at work listens to this, as if I'm not hiding behind my own real name. They could be listening to it. Just as an example, I'm not one to call out sick, but I had it make me a text as if I did, and because uh, I was at the table with Dad, and uh, was trying to give him an example of a good use scenario case for this kind of tech. Articulated responses on the fly. And it scares the older generation. And, I mean, I think it scares some of the, the present generation. I say we embrace it. I think that these are tools that can be used. None of this stuff, this can mask a lot. And it's going to up the value of personal, actual experience, like face-to-face. It's going to up that and not texting, maybe voice calls. But if we're talking and this thing can talk, maybe it's going to devalue even this podcast in 150 years because you'll have a machine that can talk like me and be me. Maybe it has enough of my personality that it can it can run that thing out. And I am publishing enough of myself that that can be a possibility. I don't mind. If my, if my mind got taken over or it analyzed my speech patterns and could be me for you and make more episodes for you or for, who, yeah, for whoever's listening in 150 years, I don't mind. I'm completely transparent. I've cracked up in my brain on the floor and put it everywhere. It worked, though, um, in salvaging this friendship that I'm telling you about. But it came up with the magic word. Sentence. And it said something to the effect of, how can I, it, was, it wasn't how can I fix this, but what can I, what can I do to make it better, something. It just apologized. It laid ego down. This is a computer. It doesn't understand anything. It doesn't have feelings. It laid ego down and it apologized for the argument. And then it gave me a, what can we do to make it better? Or what can, what can not just what can we do to make it better, but what can, uh, what can I do to make it better? There's no we. It's me and the machine tossing an idea back and forth. And I hadn't thought of that yet. It was a very simple premise. I just hadn't thought of it yet. You would think... And I, I'm constantly going on to you guys about how problems, looking outside of the box, simplicity, it's always something simple. Most of the time it is something simple. It's not complex. You always start with, is there oil in the car? You always start with whatever's on the bottom and make your way to the top. You don't just skip to the top and start thinking. It's wild that it could do that. It's wild that it had the power to do that, to, to salvage a friendship or whatever's going on. It, but it did. It had, that, it had that power to kind of look to the other side and understand. And We're overwhelmed by choice. This thing takes the choice away. I mean, what if you had something that was analyzing your, and I know, if you do not like hearing about this, you are probably sick of this stuff. You have something that knows what you want to eat before you can 
even come up with it because it's analyzed your patterns. It knows your your palate. It knows what you're ready for. It's analyzed your habits. Everything's in code. Everything has a pattern. Everything, if it's just bound to happen. That's how they catch, like those forensic people catch killers. They always catch serial killers because they're in a pattern. Even if they go outside of that pattern, something there's some kind of method to their madness, even if they don't think there is one, and even if they think it's totally random, no, it's not random. They get in this debate at work about, I never try to get religious or spiritual on the show. I never want to put anybody out. The grand foray of a conversation that tries to be vast about aliens and all kinds of things always up to grand design and thinking about grand design and if it's not grand design I don't see it being far-fetched that we're not actively talking about machine rights in in like the decades to come because it might be like an iRobot scenario everything's in fiction because the more they give it to us in fiction, the more they can desensitize us as a public. If you've seen it before, you're you're desensitized to it. If you hadn't seen it and it's just happening, people would freak out. But we've seen it given to us on the big screen so many times. You you could uh, you could experience anything through a screen or goggles now, full body tracking coming out with a suit that can make you feel things it's a wild time to be alive all of those things going on and all that to think about and all those threads and all that kind of deep dish information that's kind of why i apologize for not bringing another episode to you all this stuff can be overwhelming you slap overtime on top of it working in it's supposed to be the 40-hour society, but it doesn't even really add on commute, to be real. But you're, I think, going on with everything that there is today, it's hard to even have a life without the kids. You know, we killed the milkman. The milkman used to could feed a family of four. We killed that guy. The Amazon driver, he's got to have a wife that's working too, and they might be able to feed their kids if they work their tails off. It's a different time to be alive. The advancements of these machines and deleting the work-from-home economy, becoming more trade-centric till they can get corpses that can figure it out, big, big corp is going to make big, big profit with moves like that. It doesn't sleep. It doesn't need breaks. It doesn't, you know, but then what, what was it? Another buddy of mine said, well, then we need computers to make sure the computers are good. Right. Because you'd still need humans to take care of the, the computers are do that are doing this or something. It's, we're imperfect. It's going to work its way to perfection. It's not really our problem. It's more like our kids' kids' problem. But it's going to make for like a really, really good story.
whatever happens. And I know it's more the big higher power people who make a lot of money, more like their thing. Because you would think, you know, Rob, why are you talking about this? I guess I'm just talking about the utilitarian use of taking a little bit of the thought process out of some stuff when you're having trouble thinking of something and you can't quite articulate it. That's its utilitarian use now is if you're having trouble thinking of something, it eases the load like a backpack. But I look for that backpack to be more like a car later. Instead of it being introduced to a generation that already knows how to think, they just have to tell this thing how to think a little bit so that it acts as a sangue to get to an easier destination. Instead of doing that, it's going to be the vehicle that people get in instead of them knowing how to think and needing help thinking of something kind of like in tandem. Maybe the Neuralink side of it, is, excuse me, is going to be it thinking for us and the generations not knowing how to think and not being required to think. And it's kind of lax. Like there's pros and cons to that. You think there are no pros to not having the ability to think. Robert, well, things get pretty lax when there's stuff like that going on, but it's taking the importance away from people, the important side of people being in society, owning things. It's a really transformative time in history, and I'm very well aware that we're here, and I guess that's why I'm always freaking out about it a little bit, is because I know it's coming. And it sounds a little bit like I'm doomsaying or something like that, but it's pretty exciting. <clears throat> We're a little bit too early for it. My generation, we got to see the transition from people not having cell phones to having cell phones. Now, inside the cell phone, over the course of the last, you know, few decades, you have a power like that, like that mind in there. They can pretend that you have a DeLorean and pretend that it's time traveling with you in fiction and write letters to your employer about how you're going to get sick and not be at work. Incredible. And it problem solves. It knows music theory, a buddy of mine was telling me. He uses it like a video game. He's the one who taught me about the whole being able to write fan fiction with it or, you know, or story. I keep calling it fanfic. I know fanfic has that dark underlying tone that it's something nasty probably. But what I mean is creative writing with this thing because it's very creative. It can be creative with what you give it. It can help you. It can. You have to steer. You still have to steer, but it helps you get to destinations. It's like just pretending or uh, it's like D&D on crack basically in your hand. Which is really, really fun. Um, it is like a game in that way. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's, it is like a game in that way. But you can bring all kinds of problems to it. That's what I've been using it on. It's good for proofreading, letters, problem solving, um, conversations, stuff like that. They've even made a hotkey tab on iPhone after you start using it. 
I think you can ask it stuff from the when you swipe left, like that widget screen or something. They're already already formatting it to where you can get to it quickly, because I guess they would think that the people who are using this, it's like people who learned how to use Google in the beginning. Now, is it as lucrative as Google? I don't know. And you also can't believe everything Google tells you. Just like I guess I wouldn't believe everything that ChatGPT tells you, but it's like that article I was reading said, people don't want a search engine, they want an answer engine. And here it is. It's right here. And it's readily accessible in an app store near you. It's insanity. Now, that's a little bit of what's been on my mind. What else have I been going through with a transformative phase that has kind of made me back up from everything? Hmm. Other than putting on more hours and just expecting more from me and being in the dopamine-filled society that we're in, where you get to eat whatever you want and you know, DoorDash and all these different things going on. It's just work really hard. And then when you're outside of work, dopamine overload. And I think in a society like this, if you could get down meditation, meditation's probably a great place to be since we're just loaded with entertainment. Some sort of quiet time. Take the phone. Put the phone away. I know I've been on that thing about keeping your phone on you because you never know if people need you, things like that, and communication, things like that. But taking the phone off and taking the watch off, even on the weekends, I think it's great for your mental health. Excuse me, you got a drink of my coffee. I think taking a break from those kinds of things, it's fun to dive into whatever side of whatever you're looking at whatever thread but there's a lot of dopamine to fall into I think it's almost like a pitfall trap there's so much dopamine everywhere there's so many things that can make you feel good so much digital heroin that you can be involved in imaginative you know, seven deadly sin levels of heroin that you can just access at any time. The greed, the gluttony, the the whole story. I think being able to live on less is a more valuable trait than it has ever been. You know, it's hard. It's hard to let things go. I know that's why you have it's uh, certain religions and spiritualities have a time of fasting. I think it's just good to take a break from things in, in general, even on your own, even if you don't believe in anything like that. Just taking a break from things can be a great reminder of here's where I'm at. Here's Here's my vision. Here's some time in the tub where I'm not being timed kind of thing. I don't, there's nowhere to go, nothing to do. Everything is just me meditating with this one thing right now. I've fully let go. The handcuffs are off. 
the the ropes are untied, the chains are undone, all the obligations, everyone's taken care of, everyone's okay. Time to let go. I, I think that's just not a bad thing. And I was guilty of letting the podcast schedule and my work schedule and things like that kind of dictate that. You got to be here. You got to do this. Obligatory. I've always been against the, oh, and this is not, I think I did an episode on this, being committal. I've always been good at putting up a line there to where, but you can't have the best things in life if you aren't willing to commit. You have to, you have to commit to some kind of obligation to get some of the best things in life. But when you don't commit, boy, oh boy, are you overwhelmed with choice. Choices everywhere. There's ev- there's so many different choices. It's good to get choice. You can you can get choice fatigue when you never choose anything. It's impossible to not choose anything. You have to choose something. And eventually, the betting box is closed. Whatever you bet on, that's it. You're riding that out. You reach the point of no return. Whatever you, whatever dopamine, whatever pleasure you've been on gets boring. The drug you're taking, your body develops antibodies to it. The sickness you have overruns whatever's going on or, or the cure has an effect on the disease where it eliminates it entirely. Whatever you've been feeding the mind, eventually it starts regurgitating. This is what I've been fed. Now I've become it. The law of participation, a buddy of mine helped me come up with. If you're listening, hope you're doing all right, man. Love you, man. He said, the law of participation, we came up with this together. It, it was more him than it was me. I'm going to be humble. And he was talking about if you had a guitar and you stood on the corner of the street, eventually, and you had you had this goal in your head, every day you pick up this guitar, every day you go to the corner of the street, I guess. You're being seen. It's a busy street corner. Your goal is to be lead guitar in a band. Eventually, you can reach that goal just by law of participation, you're in the spot, you're being viewed, you have that guitar in your hand, you're using it every day, law of participation, you're getting better. You're in the spot. You're doing the thing. Your average is compounding every day to perform better with that guitar and you're in front of people. Granted, they don't take the guitar away and start playing it themselves or something. Some kind of random outlier like that you're there you're doing the thing you're getting better you not you might not become this is what we said about it you might not become the lead guitarist for led zeppelin you might not become slash but to become the lead guitarist in a band at that point isn't really all that far-fetched you're there you're showing up you got your jersey on. You're slowly getting better. It's kind of how my profession has worked up until this point. I just kept showing up in the spot. And a better outcome eventually ensued. I imagine anything's like that. Just an imagination. Doesn't make it real. 
you show up and do anything for long enough, maybe you're going to become proficient. I think it's a high possibility. Well, that's my two cents for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed me going off on my little rant about AI and the future of humanity and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not worried. I'm not nervous. I know it's all good things. I just hit it with a realist's view because I'm always like that. But there's, there's good and bads to everything. Eventually what's meant to happen... You know, things things happen, and then the equation is solved. It it's if it, it, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. That's out of our control. Tell I tell uh, another friend of mine this because he's guilty of he's worried in the spot about all the things. You know, all you can control is what you can control. The rest, it's out of your hands. And I think that's another key to letting go. It's just control what you can control. Don't worry your head off about the T-1000s coming for you. (laughs) Just enjoy what you have. Do the best with what you can. You get points for trying. Thanks for showing up to the RDS show. I'm going to try to be more consistent. I'm sorry I haven't been around Trust me, I feel bad. And my loyal listeners that have been here, I don't know if you guys are replaying episodes or what you're doing, but I love you guys. You just... Talk about a lift when you need one, when you show up to the channel that you haven't you haven't watered the plant. And I'm guilty of always thinking about that, always thinking, I should be watering the... You know, this is what I care about. If I'm not showing up in the spot, how is my law of participation supposed to take over for me on the podcast? If I'm not here every week for you guys giving you something to mull on, something to kind of pass the time with. If you're sleeping, if you're doing reps, if you're jogging, if you're golfing, because I hear that's a thing, you're at the driving range, and I'm in the background somehow. Maybe I'm in an AirPod. Maybe I'm in a pair of earphones. Maybe I'm in a speaker. Wherever I'm at, I hope you're having a great day. And... Uh, whatever's going on in your complex story and with your friendships and your relationships and your kids and your your grades and uh, your dreams, your wildest dreams. I hope they're all coming true. Thanks again. Have a great day.